With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pour one more beer for me. Exile needs quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Crack open a Ruthie today. Enjoy your Hawkeye fans, it's time for the Hawkeye Nation radio show with the Polk County iClub live from the Front Row Sports Bar in Clive on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Not a big number here tonight yet, but it's starting to fill up. We got a good, loud, rowdy group here. The Buffelli clan is always leading the cheers. We got people walking in. Here comes Dan and Misty Cleveland. All kinds of Hawkeye VIPs tonight. So, hey everybody, welcome Hawkeye fans to the HawkeyeNation.com radio show brought to you by the great folks at Budweiser and the Polk County Eye Club. It's Joe Schmalka, the president of the Polk County Eye Club. And we're broadcasting live tonight and every night from uh, every Thursday night from the front row. They got drink and food specials. They've got their famous. Uh, steak night. They're just handing me a steak right now. It's fabulous. And uh, Andrew Downs is here tonight running the board. Connor Buffelli sitting here next to me. Connor, how you doing tonight? Doing great, Joe. That's good. I got my son here in the front row. So we're going to have some fun tonight. We're going to talk about a game that was a little bit disappointing, obviously, and uh, tough game. But, you know, those things happen. That's football. And uh, that's that's going to be tough. Have we got, uh, Sean, do we have John Miller on the on the line? Not yet. Okay. John's, John's going to be calling in here in a few minutes. At least he's supposed to be. Connor, you've been involved in some of these games where, you know, it's a big game. It's national TV. And obviously you're all hyped up, everything like that. And it, you lose a big game. Everybody's lost a big game, whether it's whether it's golf, tennis, football, basketball, whatever. What's it What's it like? What, what, are, the, what are the Hawkeyes? What happens in the locker room maybe right afterward? How do the coaches really work for you guys as they, as they say to kind of flush it? And how do you get ready like they're trying to get ready for Michigan State this week? Right. Well, um, we, we always had the 24-hour rule. You're allowed to, to think about the game for 24 hours. And obviously, with a game like they played Saturday night, there's there's a lot of emotion after the game. It's a pretty quiet locker room. But, you know, you come in Sunday morning, you, you watch the film. It's generally never as good as you think and never as bad as you think. Um, and really all you can do is, is make adjustments and – um, follow up the next week and, and try and correct them as best you can. And I think the coaching staff does a really good job of not allowing the, the players to think that one game defines a season. And, you know, they're, they're watching film that night, maybe even early Sunday morning, trying to get us ready for Michigan State. So I, I have a feeling we'll be ready to go. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough deal. It's, it's a fun thing. It's, you know, the environment in Kinnick was just so emotional. I know as a fan. I mean, it took me until, man, about Tuesday. I, could, I couldn't even watch the replay. I, I go to the games, then I DVR it, and then I usually come home, and I can't wait to watch the game. 
And this one, it just, you know, it was just a kick in the gut. It was such a great football game. It was kind of the exact opposite of the Iowa State game. You know, he made this really good comeback. And this one, we got ahead. Uh, minute 42, you think you got it. And just, you know, two or three different plays. It felt so much like the uh, the Big Ten Championship game a couple years ago with Michigan State. So it's, it is. It's a very, very difficult thing. I thought, uh, you know, some people were questioning uh, uh, Brian's uh, play calling maybe in the first half, being a little conservative or whatever. You know, I thought it was more field position. I mean, we were constantly backed up at our 5, 10, 15, 20-yard line. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, is there a certain package where it's just like, hey, when we're, when we're backed up like that, we know that we're not going to open the whole playbook and, and run everything, or is everything, you know, really out there and available? Right. Well, Generally, when you're when you're backed up like that, you're, you're just trying to get one or two first downs and, and flip that field position on them. But obviously, we didn't do a great job of that, and we we, we found ourselves in in third and long almost the entire game. And it doesn't matter how good of a play caller you are; there's not a lot of plays for third and eight plus against a great defense like Penn State. I mean, it really limits your your play calling, and then obviously you don't want to have the the costly turnover so maybe you do get conservative i don't know um but yeah it's it, I, all i know is it's hard to hard to call those plays when you're third and eight plus well and, and even then he did make some really nice calls i thought he had he had a receiver open uh first or second play of the game and just overthrew him a little bit and uh then he had uh, uh another possession i think it was he had uh vandenberg running a crossing route would have gained, you know, four or five yards on first down, which is something, like you just said, that's what we need. We, 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 nobody does good in third and ten, third and twelve, third and nines. You've got to get out there and you've got to get those, you got to get down there where it's a manageable third down, as they call it. So, um, so that kind of, kind of moved along. That was tough for us. And, and the defense, you know, they just played their men don't break type thing. The offense really wasn't contributing a whole heck of a lot. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're getting dominated and one play in football turned that whole game around all of a sudden in the first half. Uh, Josie Jewell gets the interception. Um, I think it was, uh, who was it, Brinks? or I'm not sure who it was that got the, uh, that got the pressure on him and hit the quarterback. Jewell, Jewell gets the interception. Boom, next play. What a great play call that was. I mean, right down to the end zone, super, super catch, and everything's all of a sudden clicking. So it's, uh, it, it's, it was just uh, it was an incredible first half. To walk out of there being ahead seven to five when you got done with it all. It's like, man, we're being dominated. Uh, two plays, <laughs> really an interception, and a uh, and a long touchdown pass, and all of a sudden, you know, we're ahead and everything's rocking and rolling. Talk about then when you're in a game like that, Connor, and and you know you go into halftime. You know what what really happens in there at halftime? I mean, I, we all assume there's a lot of time. I can't imagine by the time you all get in there, you get some water. What happens at halftime? Walk through that. When you walk down the tunnel and, and you all get back into the locker room, what takes place from there? Right. Uh, you, most guys go use the restroom first, but um, <laughs> you try and make that as quick as possible, and you're immediately up on the whiteboard. Um, you know, there's two, three minutes that kind of go by before all the coaches run in, and they're talking things over because you got coaches up in the booth, you got coaches yeah. down on the field, and they're communicating with one another, talking about what they see, and really you're just trying to make as many adjustments as possible with, you know, the looks that, that they're giving you. Um, there's only so much tape you can watch. Um, that They're trying to take advantage of our weaknesses. It's just like we are trying to take advantage of theirs, so... 
Obviously, they're going to mix some things up, and they're not going to look the exact same as they did the week before. And it's, you know, the coaches up in the box, um, seeing what kind of, uh, you know, defensive and offensive looks they're giving us, and just make as many adjustments as possible, and try and take advantage of what they're giving us in the second half. So does everything go by pretty quick then? I mean, it, uh, it, to us out in the stands, it's like, wow, it's a long time. It seems like, you know, or, uh, it's like 20 minutes, halftime, 30 minutes, whatever it is. I don't even know how much time it is. And, and then all of a sudden you guys are coming back out and, and boom, you've got to go from stopping and right back into the flow of the game. How much does it mean as a player um, when you walk out of that tunnel and Kinnick Stadium's full, you got the striped atmosphere, you got, uh, uh, you know, it, it's getting dark, if you will. And uh, and you just walk out there, and I I thought it was one of the best environments that I've ever been in Kinnick for from the start of the game to the end of the game. We always get going, you know, in the fourth quarter in a close game and things like that. I think the fans really get into it, but it just seemed like it was incredible in there from the first play all the way through. Maybe a little lull in the third period there for a couple of minutes when they got out, but but how does that? Does it help you guys? Do you really notice it that much, or is it uh, you just want us all to be quiet and shut up so you can run your place? <laughs> right. Um, no, you definitely notice it. There, there's a lot of energy um, on that field, especially Saturday night, and it's hard not to not to react to that. But at the end of the day, your job is just to try and stay as even keeled as possible and and do your job. But nights like Saturday night, especially with the 45 or 50 recruits that we had in Saturday night, I mean, that's huge. They come and see, you know, Kinnick packed and against a great team like Penn State. And, I mean, it's hard not to want to go to Iowa after after a game like that, I would think. Yeah, it, it's just got to be amazing. And that was one of the next questions that, that we we're going to talk about real quick is, is just the recruiting. I mean, um, it, it's got to be just amazing for a kid to walk into that into that environment, be down on the sideline. You know, you're going from playing – you played at a bigger high school where sometimes there were probably, what, ten or 12,000 people at a Valley game. But a lot of these kids play in front of, you know, 2,500, maybe maybe eight or 900. I can't imagine Chad Greenway in a small town in South Dakota ever played in front of, you know, maybe 1,000 people. And all of a sudden, he's down there in Kinnick Stadium running around playing. Let's jump ahead uh, just a little bit. It does look like John's going to call in. I think, actually, now that I think about it, he is on vacation out in Colorado this uh, this week. So he may not be calling in tonight. But let's go to our Player of the Game segment, sponsored by the great people at West Bank. They've got locations here in Des Moines and also in Iowa City. Uh, Who do you, uh, you think the player of the game was this week? Um, on the offensive side, you probably have to give it to Akram. Um, you know, he was, again, the, the spark on offense that, that we needed there in the, in the second half. And, um, you know, just his all-around yards that he gave us again, whether it be receiving and, and rushing. Um, obviously, the rushing game wasn't, wasn't as good in the first half. And, you know, early on in the second half, they were kind of loading up the box on us. But, you know, I thought he did a great job of – staying in tune in the game and um, really competing when we when we needed him to make a play and he did and then obviously you see the stat line like Josie Jules after the game I mean he's all over the place um, got the interception he's got all those tackles and it, it, he's really kind of irreplaceable on, on the defense right now um, he's obviously the leader 
He is he's an amazing player, and uh, he and uh, Barkley they just they just hit a game back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But yeah, he he played an amazing game. You know, I, I thought a big play in the game. I thought Akram obviously made great positive plays in the game. Um, those two touchdowns were were amazing. Uh, you know, you get him in space, and that's what that's the key. We got to get him in space more often, and get him one on one with a linebacker. Um, he, he does so well. But then that fumble, when he fumbled, and I don't know if it was really his fault. I mean, we watched the tape again last night. You know, he was doing a spin move, ball was kind of, and the kid just hit it right on his helmet. So it really wasn't his fault, but, man, that was a huge play in the game. I thought we were finally getting our offense going. We were moving the ball, and all of a sudden we get a fumble, and that really shut that one drive down. I thought Stanley looked great. Um, you know, he was 13-22, no interceptions, no fumbles. He really cleaned his, uh, really cleaned his game up. But, uh, you know, he had a couple – Probably had at least two, maybe three drops. You know, he could have been 16 out of 22 and had a really, really nice game as well. So um, I thought the offense looked great. And no doubt Josie Jewell was, was player of the game on defense. I had fumble recovery, interception, 16 tackles. I mean, the guy was – he's everywhere. He's Superman as far as we go on defense. So there you have it. That's our, uh, that's our player of the game segment. Once again, brought to you by the great people at West Bank. They do a super job, and they help us uh, sponsor the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. All right, hey, it's time to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Rob Howe. There were a ton of recruits there uh, Saturday night, so Rob's going to give us a little insight on some of those recruits and and what's going on over in Iowa City. Uh, As you listen to our break, please give these supporters of Hawkeye Athletics your business. Remember, Bud Light is the official beer of the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. The Sports Radio 1460 KXNO. We got a good rowdy crowd out here tonight. The Buffelli gang's here as always, and we got a we got a good turnout. Uh, I'm not sure what the Texas score is there. I was turning around looking at that Iowa State game, but anyway, welcome back to the HawkeyeNation.com radio show, broadcasting live tonight from the front row, and we're here in Western Wine Clive area. It's Joe Schmelker, president of the Polk County Eye Club, and uh, brought to you by the great people from Bud Light and Dahl Distributing, sponsors of the show. We appreciate their help with uh, Iowa Athletics and, and, and supporting and sponsoring the show. Come on out to the front row and join us on Thursdays. We'll be out here every Thursday night during the, uh, during the football season. We'll be here from 7 to 8. We're broadcasting live on KXNO. If you're not in the area and uh, you want to hear the show, got two choices. You can get on uh, KXNO's website, uh, also uh, HawkeyeNation.com's website, and we'll have the podcast on there. Or you can catch us live on the iHeart. Just use the iHeart Radio app and look for KXNO 1460 AM Des Moines. So you can look to us anywhere in the country, as well as anywhere in the world. You can stream it. So if you're not uh, headed over to Michigan State for the game this weekend, come on down here to the front row. Polk County Eye Club, myself, my wife, uh, we'll be down here. We'll have a great game watch uh, event down here. We'll have prizes, uh, raffle prizes going to go out. Uh, they've got a super Bloody Mary bar. They make omelets down here on Saturdays before the game, and then at halftime they usually have something free. They usually got pizza or pulled pork or something like that. they got great food. So come on in here. It's a great, great group of Iowa fans. Everybody in here, this whole bar, everything about it is the University of Iowa and Hawkeyes. So get in here and, and catch the game. It's a great spot to be. Rob, how, how are you doing tonight? Rob? Hello? Hey, Rob. Joe here. How are you doing? I'm well, Joe. How are you? 
Good, good. Took me a couple of days. I was just on the crowd. It, it took me a couple of days to recover from that game on uh, on Saturday night. One, I think it was so hot over there during the day, but then two, you know, just the exertion of the, uh, the of the fans and, and as much yelling and everything as we did during that game, it was amazing. It was a ton of fun until the very last play of the game. So that was tough, tough loss. What are you uh, What are you seeing over there? What are you hearing? What was, uh, what was What's going on over in Iowa City? I think the good thing is that they're healthy. Um, you know, going into week five of the season, and they're, you know, with the exception of the unfortunate loss of Ike, Ike Butker, um, you know, to the season-ending injury, they, it sounds like Brandon Snyder will be back, if not before the bye, um, right after the bye. He's going to dress this week, this week actually, and I guess he's a, he could play in an emergency. I don't know what that emergency would be, but um, that will – uh, you know, deepen the secondary, uh, which is a good thing. Um, so health-wise, I think things are good. It's hard to say, Joe, how they will respond to the loss last week. Um, those are hard. To, it's hard to tell how guys are going to react uh, when they have a crushing loss like that. But there's no time to feel sorry for themselves. they got to go and play a really tough road game. Michigan State is, uh, you know, not the world beaters they were when, you know, when, Iowa played them in the Big Ten championship game, but they're still a solid program, and they're playing at home. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough game anytime you're on the road. Um, I'm glad we had that Iowa State game on the road now, and uh, Stanley, you know, got his first taste of a of a really intense uh, road game environment. I think that's going to be really really helpful. And, and like you said, it, it's kind of amazing that we came out of that game against Penn State as healthy as we are. I mean, that was a hard hitting, uh, bang each other around type game and uh as healthy as we are that's that's a very very good thing um one of the things too i I know that was a big recruiting night you want to talk a little bit about the recruits that were there i know you've got some things on hawkeynation.com some updates on some of the recruits that were at the game and different articles and uh and discussions that you've had with some of those players anything big uh come out of that uh saturday night on the recruiting trail no, nah, just like you said at the top of this segment, Joe, it was just a great environment um, to have a, a nice, you know, a nice group of, of recruits there. Um, as I told you guys last week, uh, these are kids that are in the 2019 and 20 classes. Uh, there were some 2018 kids, but not kids with offers. Um, like you said, if you go to HawkeyeNation.com, I've got a rundown of, of the kids that were here that do have offers um, and what they felt uh, about the game. Um, and nobody, you know, I think for the for the fans, are like, oh, Iowa lost. That's going to hurt recruiting. That's not that environment. Those kids saw how hard Iowa played. And that, to a man that I talked to, they all talked about how hard Iowa played and how much effort they played with and how they could see themselves playing in that. So I think from that perspective, it was a good weekend. Um, and we, um, you know, as I said, we've got – We've got some basketball recruiting news on the site. We've got some football recruiting news um, from from those kids in the 2019 class. Um, So I'd encourage people to check that out. Rob, so of all those kids that were there, um, who are you most excited about as a recruit, and where do you think Iowa needs to spend a lot of time as far as recruiting certain positions? It's it's interesting because – they're, they've got 14 kids already in the 2018 class. Those are kids that are seniors right now for the listeners. Um, so they're going to be real choosy with, with what they have left in that class. I think, um, you know, defensive back again, linebacker is a position of need in that class. Um, 
maybe another offensive line, uh, quarterback. Um, those are the positions in that 18 class. In 19, they're pretty wide open, I think. Um, they're really just going for the best guys available at this point. They've already got four kids in that class, two in-state offensive linemen and Ezra Miller um, and Tyler Endress of Norwalk, um, and also a 2019 uh, tight end out of Illinois, Logan Lee. And who's the other guy? Oh, Larry Tracy, uh, a defensive back at the Indianapolis. So they've got a good, really good start. They've got, if you look at the rankings, and it's really early in this, in this, in that cycle. They're top 15 nationally with those four guys that they have in that class already uh, committed. Um, and the guys that were in this last week, uh, Marcus Hicks, a defensive end from uh, Wichita, Kansas. Uh, Jack Kaiser, a linebacker from uh, Indiana. Sebastian Castro, uh, defensive back from Illinois. Um, you know, those were three of the guys that were in. Uh, uh, Jarrell uh, Brock, and I don't know if you guys have seen this video of this kid. Um, they made Sports Center a, a run that he had against Rock Island last week. He was in town at Iowa this week. If, if you check it out, Google Jarrell Brock, Rock Island, and watch the run that this kid has. Uh, you guys will enjoy it. And he's, he, Iowa was the first to offer him. He's now got offers offers from um, Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, um, Michigan State, and so he's starting to pick up steam. I, the good thing about these kids that, I, that Iowa is in on in 19, they were among the first offers for these kids, so they're doing a really good job of identifying talent early, offering, and then when schools like like Logan Lee, Michigan came in, and Iowa still got a commitment from him because they were the first to offer him. So that's one of the keys right now. Iowa's doing a really good job of identifying talent early, and with the sped-up recruiting clock and earlier signing period now in December, you have to be able to do that, and Iowa's doing a good job at it. Uh, it's good to hear because obviously we know how important recruiting is, and, and you can see guys like Epinesa and, and, and others that are really making contributions this year. And really, Rob, this is a very young Iowa Hawkeye team if you really start looking at the two deeps, and, and that's very encouraging. I mean, you're you're seeing obviously Akron Wadley Sr. making some great plays and Josie Jewell making some great plays, but Amani Hooker looked real good on, on defense, the Nelson I'll call them the Nelson brothers. I know they're not brothers, but the Nelson gang over there, uh, Epinesa looked awesome. Uh, a couple of the other guys on the defensive line, um, you know, offensively, a sophomore quarterback throwing sometimes to a uh, true freshman wide receiver, um, a set. And th- there's just a lot of great things going on. Fans of sophomore. I mean, we got a bright future. Got a freshman left tackle. That's always good. I mean, and he's playing well, so that's a good sign in Alaric Jackson. So, yeah, I agree. And Kirk was asked about this week and this, that this week, just specifically the underclassmen that are on the depth chart this year. And he said they felt like they recruited well the last couple cycles, and it's bearing fruit. All right. Hey, we got to run to a break here in a second. Uh, we've got uh, Coach Seth Wallace, linebacker's coach, coming on in the next segment. But what's your prediction for the game, Rob? Um, I picked Iowa to win this game before the season, and they didn't do anything against Penn State to lead me to believe that they won't win it. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game, and, and they've got to limit the stakes. Um, but I have them winning 24-20. to 20. 24-20. We'll take that, right? Everybody be happy with 24-20 on the road against Michigan State. 
All right, Rob, appreciate all you're doing. Everybody go to HawkeyeNation.com. Rob's got some great articles on there, recruiting and, and what's going on with the season. He covers all the press conferences. He's right there and in the know, so to speak. So go to HawkeyeNation.com, look for Rob Howe, and look for all of his articles. All right, hey, it's time to take a quick break here at the front row and hear from the great sponsors of our show. When we come back, we're going to have University of Iowa assistant coach Seth Wallace, the linebackers coach, coming on. And uh, remember, Bud Light's the official beer of the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. The Sports Radio 1460K. A-X-N-O. Heartland Flagpoles and Flags has flags of various shapes and sizes, banners, windsocks, and more of nearly every team and every sport. That's college, NFL, MLB, NBA, and hockey. If you feel like maybe you're the only Seattle Seahawks fan in your neighborhood, don't worry. They have flags for you as well. Heartland Flags has more than 100 Iowa Hawkeye items from flags to tiki totems, metal signs, luggage tags, and so much more. Let your fandom fly when you shop at Heartland Flags. Free shipping. Seriously, when you shop online, we're talking about free shipping. Your orders will ship for free from Heartland Flags. HeartlandFlags.com is the website. Go check it out. Dace, he's a huge Michigan fan. He's a Detroit Lions fan. Rob Howe is a New York Mets fan. I went to their website. HeartlandFlags.com has it for you. Again, free shipping on all orders online. Follow them on Twitter at HeartlandFlags. And once again, visit them online at HeartlandFlags.com. of Let's Go Hawks with some ACDC in the background. We heard a lot of that Saturday night at Kinnick Stadium. ACDC is everywhere in that, uh, in that stadium. It was loud. It was wild. It was fun. You know, the, the other thing about the Iowa crowd, they're super knowledgeable. I mean, they know when to be quiet. They know when to scream. They know when to get up. They know when to get in the game. And uh, it, w- it was really fun to see our crowd really do, really do some cool things. And then there's nothing better than at the end of the first period when we stand, everybody stands up. And they waved to the uh, to the kids in the hospital, and, and, and everybody had their uh, their flashlight going on their phone. And it was I don't know if you've seen the highlight of that or not, but it is absolutely amazing. So anyway, hey, welcome back to the HawkeyeNation.com radio show, broadcasting live from the front row here in uh, West Des Moines. Steak night down here. You still got time? They don't uh, they still they serve steaks until nine o'clock tonight. So get on down here for their famous steak night. Get a steak, a baked potato, and a salad. For 12 bucks, you can't beat that. And then buy yourself a nice cold uh, Bud Light. And uh, they're the sponsors of our show tonight, the Bud Light and Doll Distributing. So that's what we got. Hey, we got the Iowa Pork Producers. Uh, they sponsor this segment where the uh, one of the Iowa assistant coaches comes on with us. So support uh, support the Iowa Pork Producers. I know I, I love pork. I love bacon. I love I love all of it. So uh, it, it's a great thing. Uh, hanging out in Iowa, we had some uh, we had some pork chops at our tailgate uh, this past weekend. So it was a lot of fun. Anyway. We've got Coach Seth Wallace on the phone, uh, Iowa assistant coach, and I heads up the linebacking group. Coach Wallace, how you doing tonight? Good. Yourself? You know, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Uh, until Tuesday, I was a little, uh, I, I was a little deflated. I, they, they they kicked me in the gut there Saturday night, as they uh, got lucky with that last pass. Actually, two or three of them on that last drive. But um, got to give them credit. They executed and they did what they needed to do. How is uh, how's the team reacting to everything? And uh, are we going to be ready to play Michigan State on Saturday? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. We'll be we'll be ready to play. It's you know certainly not easy. You know, turning around and, and having to get off the mat as, as quick as we ask our guys to do because we're, 
we're, we're a morning practice team and and we we got right back at it on uh monday morning so you know i guess the you know it's a, it's probably twofold but you know you you really enjoy um you know moving on from from not only losses but also also victories and and you you never you never live too high you never live too low for very long because you you got to get back and you got to get to to the next opponent's game plan and and that all starts on monday morning so we were we were back at it and I think the response from our players over the past three or four days of practice has, has been good. You're, um, I, I know everybody was talking about the defensive line. You know, they were substituting at times. There, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a football game where four defensive line were coming off the field there at the end and, and four new ones were coming on the field. Your linebackers, man, I mean, they're just absolute warriors. They, they, did, they didn't get substituted. They played all 99 snaps. And uh, maybe they play some special teams too. I guess I'm not even sure of that. But, but talk about the conditioning and and how a guy can can play 99 snaps, chasing Saquon Barkley and and talented players like Penn State has all over the field on a, a night where it had to be close to 90 degrees down there on the field. I think what you know what you do in the off season and and what what Chris Doyle does with with his program and. You know, he tries to he tries to marry you know their conditioning in the in the summer to what it's going to be like, you know, two three fourths of the way through our season. And um, you know, you you never expect to go that many snaps. You you, you certainly you know you can't plan for that. Um, but I think our conditioning you know matched you know maybe not 99 snaps um but it, it certainly matches you know a, a, a typical game defensively and then you know with the adrenaline and, and the way a game's going like that you know those guys were able they were able to push through and um you know they were worn out at the end of the game as you can imagine but you know when it was when it was rolling they were uh they were out there and you know to me there was no reason to to take them off the field and and put somebody else in there you know in replace of them because there's there's a lot that goes into you know those 99 snaps and and you see a lot of different pictures defensively and for a linebacker you know you it would be it would be difficult to put somebody in there in that type of situation and expect them to see it the same way that that the other guys were seeing it up to that point Coach, uh, so you're lucky enough to to be in the, that linebacker room, and you you have three great senior leaders and Josie, Bo, and Ben. What, can you talk to us a little bit about what it's like having those guys kind of lead on the the underclassmen? They do a very good job of of you know demonstrating what you know what an Iowa football player is. They do a very good job of demonstrating what you know what an Iowa linebacker is. And and for those young guys, it's you know it would be it would be complete ignorance not to pay attention you know very closely to how these guys go about you know their work and you know it's not so much what they say it's more what they do and um, you know if these guys are paying attention and and they're they're watching them go about you know the way that they handle their business then you know then hopefully the guys behind them are growing and growing significantly um but it's it is on them to to pay close attention because you know neither of the three are you know they're not rah-rah guys they're not gonna um you know they're not gonna go out of their way to to verbalize things um you know when it doesn't need to be said they they're all three guys that you know, come to work and, and, you know, the majority of what they do, their leadership is, you know, is, is the way that they work. 
You know, last week we had uh, we had Coach Morgan on, and I know he was one of the guys that uh, was, was probably responsible and, and, and talked to your involvement with it too, but of, of the recruiting and, and, and deciding to, to take Josie Jewell. And it sounded like that wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a clear-cut you know, he's not. It wasn't an Epinesa coming out, coming out of high school, so to speak, and thought maybe he'd play some fullback or or something. So, what what was what was the key to his development? I mean, he's he's gone from you know kind of being I don't know I don't want to say the bottom of the recruiting class, but one of those guys you're not really sure of, to being you know just all potentially an All American. I mean, he's just an awesome player. Yeah, I think uh, you know I I actually wasn't um, I actually wasn't here yet when when Josie was being recruited. Now I've you know I've spoken to Reese and and you know the conversation comes up you know all the time on you know Josie's recruitment and how it went down and and I know that there was only just a couple in the building that were were standing on the table for him saying you know this is somebody that we need on our team and um, you know Reese Morgan's done an outstanding job of you know of finding those guys evaluating them and, and making sure that they're the right fit for us and and I, I think he was pretty adamant about it and it it finally cra- cracked through with coach parents which I've witnessed this on on multiple occasions where um, you know where coach Morgan speaks out very strongly about somebody and, and coach parents listens because of you know the the years of experience and in, in doing so and you know it was it was down into the last last couple of weeks and you know had we not offered Josie Jewell I think he'd probably be playing football at Luther College which which I played football at that level and um you know that would be <clears throat> that'd be a bad deal you know going up against him um you know on the division three <laughs> level but you know I think you know to to speak to his development and I've watched his high school tape and and I don't know that I would have um I don't know that I would have you know been able to 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 estimate the success that he's had or to be able to predict it um a lot of it is really him you know i, I think a lot of it's the the right match between his personality you know his inner his, his internal drive and the way that our program's set up i think it's a i think it's an outstanding match and i think that's where you know josie is you know has thrived and and a lot of his success is is not only doing part to the, <clears throat> the Iowa football program and the way that we're built, but probably more so the way that he's built and the way that he's wired, you know, internally. Yeah, coach, kind of keep it on the on the recruiting track. When you're kind of becoming known as a, a great recruiter for the program, when you're kind of out and about battling against these other these other big time schools to try and sign recruits. What are you telling the the high school kids um, for their reasons to come to Iowa? What are your main selling points for for why Iowa? Well, I think you know, and in, in, in the whole great recruiter deal, you know, I don't I don't know that that's you know necessarily the case. Um, I, I think you know if if all of us as assistant coaches can be great great at recruiting what Iowa needs. Then, then we'll probably continue to, to be successful, and our players will continue to be successful. But I think when you know when you go out on the recruiting trail, I think it's probably more important to to explain to these these young kids and their families on what what exactly Iowa is and what exactly the the experience will entail. And uh, you know that's probably more than trying to sell them on Iowa. 
you know, I think anytime you're recruiting a kid to a to a Big Ten university, I think they they immediately, um, you know, it, it, it immediately hits home with them. Okay, we're we're talking about the big time, which which we are, whether it's Iowa, whether it's Ohio State, whether it's Michigan State, it, it is the big time for a high school kid. You know, when a when a big Big Ten university comes in and starts talking to them, but um, you know, we've we've crossed paths with other Big Ten. Um, you know, programs where we've competed, you know, with, with kids and, and we've probably lost more than, than we've gained by explaining to a kid what exactly, you know, th- their experience at Iowa is going to be like. And, you know, I think if you, if you can be upfront and honest with them and you can tell them that, you know, we practice in the mornings and three days a week, you're going to be up earlier than six o'clock in the morning and you're going to be in a, in a meeting room at six 45 and you're going to be lifting weights before that and you're going to be on the practice field till 10 30 and then you're going to go to class after that you know that's not for everybody and that's not for um you know it's not for every prospect that's not for you know the the way that some of these kids are being raised and and it's it's important that they hear you know exactly how we're built as a program and 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 if they're still open to it after that, then you probably got a pretty decent fit. You know, now you got to check their character. Now you got to check, you know, the other boxes down down the list. But the biggest thing is is making sure that that the prospects know exactly what you know what Iowa is and and what their experience is going to be like. Because the, the last thing you want is for them to come here, you know, with a blindfold on, and then you know find out later on that you know that this isn't. You know, this isn't like it is in another program. You know, it's 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 not easy, and I'm not saying it is in other programs. We're just different, in my opinion. Tell us a little bit about yourself personally. Um, what do you what do you do after a big game, like you know Saturday night, or what, what do you do to unwind? If you if you've got a free day, I know you can probably get any of that during the season. But but when you get some free time, what's some things you like to do? Uh, I mean, after a game, it's you know you. You, you really enjoy the 11 o'clock games as a coach and um, you know because you, you, you you're sitting you're sitting at home on uh, on the couch at you know at 3:30 in the afternoon and you've got the rest of the evening to you know to be with your family and friends but um, you know I, I mean I'm not I don't know that there's a whole lot to me other than you know my family and my friends and and usually when when we're playing at home we've got we've got family here um, you know I'm I'm a native you know and I'm a I'm a Iowa native so my parents um, my wife's parents both of our families are from Iowa so you know it's it's pretty typical that there's folks over at our house once I get home from the game and and they're usually there pretty late if uh, you know if if we win and um, you know they're also there if we lose too but you know the 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 party or the uh, the interaction is is a lot better after you win but you know I would say that that's pretty typical of a of a Saturday, you know, afternoon. And, you know, of course, if you play it, if you play at night, you know, you're, you're at the mercy. You don't get to see your family as much because then you, you got to turn it around on Sunday and get back in the office by, by seven or seven thirty to, to get moving on the, the next week's opponent. So, you know, this time of the year, there's not a whole lot of time for that. It's, you know, on, that would be the unfortunate side of things, but, um, you know, we we work for a very good head coach, and our family is always welcome up at the office. So, you know, you, you get a chance to spend some time with them. That's good. Well, hey, we appreciate your time tonight. Uh, hopefully you get a little time on the couch or, or a little bit of time to relax and uh, come out and uh, head off to uh, Michigan State and, and come back with a W there. Well, I know we'll all be 
Most of us will be back here in Des Moines supporting you. We've got a big uh, game watch here. We'll have a couple 300 people here at the front row screaming and yelling. You probably won't be able to hear us all the way over there, but then again, you might. You never know for sure. So, anyway, well, thanks a ton for joining us. Appreciate all that you do for Iowa Athletics. Seriously, really appreciate it all. Well, we appreciate the opportunity to, to speak to those in the middle middle of the state, and you know, there's there's Hawkeyes everywhere, and 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 we certainly have appreciated the support, and and even going back to last Saturday, I mean, this was, I mean, that was as, as good of an environment, and and there's been a bunch of them, but that was as good of an environment as there's been in, in Kinnick Stadium, and you know, for us to <clears throat> for us to play in front of fans like that, that it's pretty special, so. You know, we, we appreciate what you all do, and, and we'll uh, we'll be back at it on Saturday afternoon up in up in East Lansing. All right, take care. Safe travels. All yep, right, there you have you it, Hawkeye fans. The Iowa Pork Producers coaches segment, assistant coaches segment. Thanks, Coach Wallace, for joining us tonight. And uh, he's he's just a great guy, great young man. Uh, he was over here for one of our recruiting events uh, in February a year or so ago, and got to got to meet him and talk to him a little bit. But he is a uh, He's a go-getter. He's a rock star. So we're very, very fortunate to have coaches like that. If you look at our coaching staff from top to bottom, they're just a phenomenal group of guys. Hey, it's time to take our final break. Hear from the great sponsors of our show. Please give these supporters of Hawkeye Athletics your business. Remember, Bud Light is the official beer of the HawkeyeNation.com radio show. This is Sports Radio 1460 KXNO. A little more ACDC. Just like in Kinnick. Welcome, Hawkeye fans. Got a rowdy crowd here tonight. They're having fun. It's steak night. We're at the front row uh, bar, and it's a great time to be out here. We'll be here every Thursday night broadcasting on KXNO. If you can't be here, you can hear us on KXNO if you're in the Des Moines area. And if you're not, jump on the iHeart app and look for KXNO 1460 Des Moines, Iowa, and you can listen to us anywhere in the world. It's Joe Schmelka, president of the Polk County iClub, and uh, I'm sitting here with Connor Buffelli, and more importantly than that, we have Hope and Hannah, and they're going to talk to us a little bit about the dance marathon that we all, all of us alumni that went to school at the University of Iowa remember very, very well. It's an awesome thing, but tell us a little bit about what's going on and, and how we can all take part and help. All right. Yeah, so uh, I'm Hannah Glanz. All right, and I'm Hope Wilson. We are what are called regional liaisons for the University of Iowa Dance Marathon alumni group. So anybody who doesn't know, the University of Iowa Dance Marathon is one of the largest student-run organizations at Iowa. It's got about 2,000 people who are involved in that per year. And our goal is to raise emotional and financial support for the children and their families battling pediatric cancer at the University of Iowa Stead Family Children's Hospital. So if you've attended an Iowa game before, you've probably seen some college students wandering around in green shirts with boxes asking for donations. Donations, and those are Dance Marathon students raising money for these kids. Um, more recently, if you've attended an Iowa game and you've taken part in the waving at the Children's Hospital, we're very proud to have contributed to the building of that hospital um, through a $5 million donation over 10 years to create the Pediatric Cancer Center up there. So the Dance Marathon alumni group continues the tradition of raising funds and giving support for the kids by planning fundraisers in cities across the Midwest. We rely on community support to continue serving the needs of patients and their families. This year, we've expanded our reach to different major cities around the Midwest, including Kansas City, Chicago, Minneapolis, Iowa City, and here in Des Moines. If you're an alumni or even a proud Hawkeye fan that wants to become involved, you can visit dancemarathon.org and click on the alumni tab, and the emails of your local alumni group liaisons will be listed at the bottom. Also, feel free to donate um, as you're on the page, um, again, at dancemarathon.org. And we just want to thank you guys so much for having us on the show to spread the word. We really appreciate it. All right. We'll keep getting the word out there for you. If you want to come... Uh... 
you guys want to come down to the game watch on uh, on Saturday, we'll be here. Maybe we can uh, dance or something uh, out here and practice a little bit, all right? We'll talk to Clay about that. Anyway, thanks a lot, you two, for coming down. Um, we just got a minute or two left. Uh, Connor, what, you know, as we look at the game coming up, you've been in these situations before, big uh, big game at home, and then you got to go out on the road and play, you know, a tough team. Um, what do you think? What, what are the keys to victory, and what are we going to do? What's going to be the score? What's your prediction? I think for starters, the offense needs to come out right away and put together at least a scoring drive, get some points on the board. Um, you know, as we talked about earlier, Stanley has been a pretty cool and composed, and I think as long as he continues that and we can protect the ball, limit turnovers, and, and get back to uh, dominating the time of possession again, I think that's going to be key for us. And I also, the defensive line against Penn State did, did a great job of putting pressure on McSorley and I think that's um, something we have to continue against Michigan State. And I think getting Epineza and the um, the two uh, the two brothers, as you Nelson, as you call the them, Nelson the Nelson brothers, brothers get get those guys on the field and putting pressure on that quarterback, and hopefully he makes some mistakes. Um, I think I got the game right now at at twenty eight twenty one Iowa. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those just you know these two teams they don't really like each other. I don't think the coaches really like each other. They play the same type type of football. I mean, they just want to get in a phone booth and bang each other and show each other who's the most physical team. Um, I personally think we've got a little more talent than they've got. Uh, I like the way our offense is coming together. Uh, Stanley really cleaned his game up. You know, no fumbles, no interceptions. He just made good decisions. He had an overthrow or two. He, he, uh, you know, he had a drop pass or two that, that happened. But for the most part, our offense, I think, looked pretty decent in the second half. Really started to play well. We seem to really be a fourth quarter team, um, and and that's kind of exciting for us. I think that means we're in really any game, regardless of what's going on. Turnover. Obviously, the hugest thing in the world. You, you can't turn the ball over two or three times. I think we need to. I need to maintain or win the turnover battle. I'm a little concerned about our punting. Uh, uh, Rassetter seems to be, like Kirk said in his press conference, hot and cold. I mean, he either sends a boomer. Or he's uh, or he's struggling just a little bit, and and field position is so important because that's the game they're going to play, that's the game we're going to play. Uh, I'm hoping weather won't be any any type of a factor in this game, but you know I I just think it's another one of those games where if somebody can score 30 points, I think they're going to win this game, and I think it's going to be the Hawkeyes. I, I think we pull away from them late. I think it's something like 30 to 20, something along those lines. So got to get into the red zone, got to score some touchdowns. We've been doing a great job of that. We haven't been getting down there and then having to kick a field goal. I think it's very important for our offense. Once we get down there, we got to try and score. Um, be nice to see some of these younger running backs get into the game a little bit. Epinesa play some more. Um, offensive line seems to, like you said, really be solidified. And Noah Fant, he's a weapon. There's no doubt about that. So should be a fun game. I think it's going to be a, a great game to watch. It's going to be a great environment. You know, it's, it's Big Ten football. And when you look at these two teams, you know, Connor, they're, they're Big Ten football. I mean, they like to bang uh, three, uh, not three clouds, three yards in a cloud of dust at all, but, but they like to hit each other, they like to be real physical. Right, and I, as you've alluded to, there's no doubt that Michigan State and Iowa don't like each other, and it's it's going to be a hard-hitting game. And, you know, another, another point that I forgot to make is it, we need positive yards on first and second down to keep yeah. us out of those third and longs. And, Obviously, that starts up front with with the old line, and hopefully those guys are meshing and they've got the run game uh, down pat, ready to go. Because um, 
we need to put some put something together on those first two downs to keep us out of those third and long situations. Yeah, and we got to avoid penalties too. And for the most part, we did that Saturday night. Um, penalties really kill us. We're, we're not a we're not a big strike offense. I guess we, we've had some big strikes. Certainly, Wadley can take it to the house at any point in time, and I think Fant can get behind the defense as well. But uh, it, it seems like when we throw the ball down the field a little bit, and I think Brian does a really nice job of that. He's he's opening things up. He's he's, he's throwing it down the field a lot more than Greg Davis did. And I think that's one of the big things that's, that's opening up some things underneath. So let's hope, uh, let, let's let's anticipate we're going to hear this song on Saturday after the game. It's my favorite song in the world, the Victory Polka. So we'll hear that hopefully on Saturday after the game. Come on down and join us down here at the front row. It'll be a great spot to watch the game with a group of Hawkeye fans. This is Joe Schmelker, president of the Polk County Eye Club. For Connor Bethelli, John Miller, and HawkeyeNation.com, inviting you to come out to the front row Saturday and watch the game as well as next Thursday, 7 p.m. when we talk about the Hawkeyes' victory. Thanks again to our great sponsors tonight. Remember to enjoy the game with a cold Bud Light. Go Hawks!